Well, welcome to our Masters of Travel series. Uh, my name is John Werner. I'm the president of Mass Travel Network. Uh, we are a network of almost 1,000 travel advisors um, located uh, primarily in the Midwest. And uh, today, I would like to welcome our guest, uh, Jenny Chaffer of Journeys Travel. And uh, Jenny is an expert in de planning destination weddings. And uh, she has helped uh, so many uh, couples over the years plan uh, just the ideal uh, destination wedding in uh, places all around the world. And so uh, welcome, Jenny, to the, our uh, talk this morning. Thank and you. Thank you for asking me to do this today. Well, that's great. And, and uh, you know, uh, in this environment, of course, that we're in right now, uh, destination weddings are uh, still happening uh, in some places, but uh, things I know have been postponed and so forth. But uh, it's such a big business. And uh, really, when you think about maybe 10 years ago, uh, it was a much smaller segment of the travel industry, but it has really uh, become so popular and uh, brides and grooms can have uh, just great vacations out of it as well and uh, their wedding couples. But, you know, in this uh, environment of uh, COVID-19 pandemic, uh, what is the typical size of destination wedding groups that you are talking to these days? So pre-COVID, the groups normally ranged from, I'd say 40 to 60 people were average. Um, I think for the foreseeable future, groups are going to be closer to the 20, 30 person range. So approximately say 15 rooms if you were doing an all-inclusive. Um, and that's, there's many reasons. Um, some of it has to do with the fear of travel, fear of flying, um, fear of going outside period at this point with COVID. Um, but we're also seeing that the resorts are still kind of deciding what they need to do on their end to have social distancing. Some of their venues for receptions aren't as large as they need to be unless you go inside to a ballroom. And mo for the most part, people are going to Caribbean, for example, to get married to not be in a ballroom like they would have to be at home. So um, a, a lot of that has to do with, with COVID more than anything. I do think the numbers will continue to rise as we, you know, um, get those protocols in place. People are starting to travel again. We've had several people going and lots of new inquiries. So things are looking up. That's great. That's good to hear. So what, what destinations are popular right now? And, and when do these groups want to go? You said you are planning some new destination weddings for down the road. And uh, what kind of uh, time frame are uh, people looking at? So Mexico and Caribbean are still the most popular. Um, I, that also is due to the restrictions. A lot of the other countries we have inquiries to are just still so uncertain. Um, and even Hawaii, people cannot travel there without being quarantined. So they're kind of afraid to plan for that at this point for a large group. Um, the uh, destinations with Mexico and Caribbean resorts opening sooner too, they also are putting those protocols in place, but they're able to change them. So we've seen a week by week change to some of the programs. Um, most couples that are calling right now are still looking for 21. I have set, had some 22 inquiries. We've not had any weddings for um, fall. I do still have two scheduled 
and they are still on track to travel, but no new increase for 2020. Sure, yeah, makes sense. You know, in um, you know destination weddings, you know, you mentioned Mexico and the Caribbean, which a lot of people would automatically think uh, are great destinations for destination weddings, and uh, yet all over the world there are really fun beautiful places to go and i you know some of them come to mind i know uh, destination weddings in bali or the maldives uh, greece africa i've seen you know weddings planned there um, what are you finding to be some of the most unusual destinations that you have planned um the ones that i have planned so far have been italy um greece and in Fiji. Okay, yes. Um, those, uh, I think all three of those offer just an, an element of, um, I don't know, element of being different, something, you know, especially now, seems like there's a trend that one couple goes and then all of their bridesmaids and groomsmen start planning their weddings and they all want to do something different. Um, so after the third or fourth one maybe has gone to Mexico or the Caribbean, they start looking elsewhere. Yeah, I can see that happening. So um, have you seen also an interest shift from domestic to domestic destinations versus international? What kind of destination weddings are take place in the United States? This year, there has been a lot of questions for domestic weddings. Um, we only had one switch to a domestic location. M most people, though, if they have their heart set on international and there's any way they can get there, that's what they're still planning to do. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen a rise in Florida weddings. Of course, that was before there was a rise in cases there, which put a damper on that again. Um, for couples, though, that have someone that maybe can't travel or there's a passport issue or something like that, Florida is usually the top request. Um, some of the beaches there are phenomenal. We have wedding planners in place at, with resorts as well as offsite locations that can work with the couples to plan those as well. And from a lot of places, if there's a reason someone can't fly, it's, it's a relatively easy drive. Okay, that's good. Um, any mountains and desert resorts, do those often um, come to mind? Um, we we've have, have had... Um, Past weddings, we haven't had any recent inquiries, but past weddings in Scottsdale, and as well, we always do several in Las Vegas each year. Oh, okay, sure, that, that makes sense. Yeah. What would you say is the percentage of, um, you know, versus let's say a first marriage or a second marriage or even a third marriage, um, does it, uh, does the, uh, whether it's a first or second marriage, does that also come into play for a destination wedding? Meaning does some people think, well, it's, you know, um, a second, my second marriage, maybe I won't have quite as big of a party as I had the first time around. Does that come into mind on planning like trips like this? Um, sometimes for, for a lot of the first weddings, <clears throat> what I find is that the couple may want it but they still have that tie to a parent or grandparent that either they can't go, um, the, the other person is not able to travel, or there's just a lot of naysayers and the couple isn't ready to approach that. And so they go with the traditional wedding at home. Um, when it's normally a second or third wedding, they realize that it really is about them and they just do it anyway. Um, we are finding though with second weddings, the groups tend to be larger. 
because they have, <clears throat> excuse me, they have a bigger friend base that has the funds and time available to take away from work to go. Sure, sure. Now, I believe you've also planned some LGBTQ weddings and um, any difference in the way, you know, uh, destinations that are chosen? Are they really, um, do you have to take other things into consideration? Um, yes, you do, actually. I am certified with, it used to be called 14 Stories. It's now Equality Institute, and it is um, an LGBTQ certification. It's not just about working with the couples, but it comes down to what your contract says, how you market, how you are talking to, talking to the couple, but it's much, much bigger than that. It's to make sure you're partnering with destinations, because there's some destinations where it's still illegal, resorts that uh, will accept anyone on their property and the resort as well as the staff on resort the transfer drivers making sure that all of them were, are going to make your couple feel like they're via and their guests feel like they're vips and not have anyone have any qualms about going or if they'll be treated differently um, there's a lot more countries that are accepting but the first the country has to accept and then we have to wait for it to trickle down and all the staff to be trained but that is something with um, being certified, it really does set you apart so that you have those relationships and can stay on top of those changes. Yeah, it sounds like a great certification to have. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so you can specialize in that too. And um, so um, given the policies, the airlines policies of temperature checks and face masks, are some destination wedding groups just talking about driving? Again, we go back to the uh, domestic uh, travel or domestic destinations. Are they talking about driving instead of flying? Sure. When this began, I would have said yes, without, it, without question. Um, couples were looking to change to Florida, like I mentioned before. But for the most part, after having discussions, after the numbers spiked when people you saw people going to Florida beaches and droves, um, most of them have gone back to flights, either if they're staying domestic, they're still taking flights to, say, Scottsdale, Las Vegas. Um, we had had some requests for Sonoma area in California. Um, so I don't really know that driving is, is, is as important um, mm -hmm. as just getting on a plane. The planes have, the, all of the airlines across the board have such good protocols in place and um, we've had several people flying already reporting back that they actually felt safer on the flights than they have at their local stores. Okay all right that's great that's great to hear. Uh, what are your favorite uh, destinations for planning a destination wedding uh, and were, what were some of the most fun weddings you have planned? Well that's a hard one. <laughs> um, Top of my list is Mexico. There are so many properties there, and it, people automatically think Cancun, but you have Cancun, Riviera Maya, Cabo, Punta Mita, Merida, Puerto Vallarta, so many different locations. We have off-site villas that we use, um, cenotes that people can get married in, and we do weddings both on resort and off. So there's so much there which also lends to the guest's perspective, there's a lot of price points. So when you're planning the um, destination wedding, that's something we work through with the couples is not what do you think they will want to pay, but what, what do you want to offer? And then we 
piece the resort or the offsite location to fit what the couple's needs and wants are, but also what they think the guests are going to look at from a price standpoint. So it gives you a great, great variety. Um, as far as my most fun weddings, oh, that's that's even hard to hard to choose. Um, my favorite wedding was in Fiji. Um, it actually was a a first marriage, and honestly, they they decided that they did not want to have to deal with the family's um, issues at home. And so it was a small wedding. It was just them and one other couple, but they had always wanted to go to Fiji. So we ended up just turning it into a small destination wedding. Mm -hmm. My most fun wedding was probably in Punta Mita and it was an Indian wedding. Uh -huh. And if you, you know anything about Indian weddings, they are not only a week long affair, but there's also, also three ceremonies and there's lots of cultural aspects that have to be dealt with um, as as far as having a, a room for for certain things and having a horse to bring the groom in but watching the two cultures combine because she was american with an italian background watching those two cultures combine trying to figure out how to interweave those with the myself the couple and the on-site coordinators it was just amazing experience to see it all come to life yeah yeah, I can imagine. I've been to an Indian wedding myself and a very colorful, beautiful mm -hmm. ceremony. And I know there's a lot of parts to it. So it's, uh, yeah, I'm sure that was a great experience. What would you say then is, um, you know, we, I know you do a lot of um, uh, marketing on social media. And, and so uh, as far as your most Instagrammable photo, where was that taken? Um, hmm. Fiji comes to mind, but, um, I think Instagrammable and iconic would probably have been in Greece. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of the islands in the Santorini. Oh wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You can't beat that view. <laughs> oh no. It's just incredible. Yeah. Um, so do you do, uh, you do work with on-site wedding coordinators in a lot of the destinations. Um, are you always planning the whole wedding, including the ceremony parts? Or uh, do you find that some couples just want you to handle travel arrangements and those logistics and they'll handle the rest themselves? I mean, what's kind of the percentage that you see um, couples doing? I offer a variety of packages to my clients, actually. Um, I do work hand-in-hand -hand with the on-site resort coordinators and the off-site planners. With my lowest package that I offer, I handle all travel arrangements, secure the wedding date, and make the initial arrangements. Um, other plans, I offer planning services. Most couples, though, use the, use the planning services, um, maybe not my on-site coordination, but at least so that I am in charge of getting them the information, in charge of the timeline. Um, I also suggest different packages, add-ons, preferred vendors, um, different group tours. We handle a lot of the group excursions, welcome parties, things like that. Yeah. Um, that's one thing I think a lot of advisors don't do, which, which is fine. Handling the travel portion of a wedding group is enough in itself, but um, I would suggest to people that you at least make that next step for the wedding coordination 
to get them in charge with the resort planner or the um, an offsite planner. One of the things we see is that we end up with the frustrated brides because they may have talked to another travel agent, but then the travel agent has said, here's the website, go book the wedding. And they end up on Facebook trying to find out information and they're just very frustrated. And I think it does a disservice to what we actually could be offering them. Right. Well, I know in your case too, you have a lot of contacts in some of these most popular destinations. So Mm -hmm. um, there's a big advantage in knowing those on-site coordinators, even if the the couple does want to have some control over that themselves. Um, It still would be a big benefit to them with your um, uh, knowledge and access and so forth. Right. Yeah. As, as you know, from, from the, just the travel side, the people that, you know, go on Google and become an agent overnight with what they've read, most of that information is not correct or it's, mm-hmm. it's an exception, not the rule. So is getting those relationships, um, that's always been the backbone of my business is building the relationships with, with everyone. And, and I feel that's how we give the client the best wedding experience and the best travel experience. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Um, so how important is it to have incentives for all invited guests to work with you versus some in some wedding parties, some work with you, some go off on their own and they do their own thing. Um, but there's a lot of reason for the uh, couple to uh, have all their invited guests to work through just one uh, source. Sure. Um, I honestly, I don't use incentives. Um, I feel it comes from the conversations with the clients. They have to believe in what I'm there to provide. I connect with the guests in a variety of ways. Um, I start with an email to the guests, introducing myself, giving them the website that I provide and booking forms. I continually follow up with the guests and I take that off of the, my clients. Um, so that get already gives them a reason and a connection. I do charge a fee also to anyone who plans to attend the wedding and doesn't book through me. They know the couple knows that up front and agrees to it as part of the contract. It's on the wedding website. Sometimes it's, it's not from a price standpoint, but it may be that they're an employee of a resort we've chosen. And so they're getting a, a better, a better rate that way that we can't match. So, but this enables the guests or the client, the couple to get credit for that and not lose out on anything. It is so much easier when everyone books through the same source. It's easier for the resort to keep things um, streamlined and organized as well. And really it does come from the, the clients because once I have that connection, their favorite phrase becomes, I don't know, just call Jenny. And it, it seems to, to keep the clients calling and booking. Well, I think that is a very important point because uh, it does take a lot of that stress and time off the the uh, uh, couple and uh, lets them concentrate on the other things that they need to be doing. And um, so, no, I think that's very important. Right. Because with weddings, too, a lot of times half of the people have not traveled before. We generally find 40 to 50 percent don't have a passport and have, if they have traveled out of the country, it's been many years and, and definitely things have changed. So they have a lot of general questions that, um, you know, the, the couple really shouldn't have to deal with. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 
You know, that brings it up to I, um, one of my final questions, I guess. Um, just thought of this in, in terms of um, uh, what would you say is the, uh, how, the mix of people that are uh, citizens of foreign countries that you've had to also work with when, because they're going to uh, that, you know, the wedding. Uh, what kind of countries have you, of uh, some of the uh, guests, I guess, uh, the invited guests you've also had to work with? The largest one has been India. Um, it's with the Indian weddings, there, there is a lot of um, their family members that are still residing in India. Um, other than that, it's really been the UK, that, that area, Europe and the UK. Um, and that's generally more friends coming in than family. Mm -hmm. um, I would say, oh, probably 80% of our couples are second, third generation, if not more. So mm -hmm. most of the family is already in the States and, and has um, a U.S. passport. Okay. All right. Good. Um, do you have any other, you know, final tips for anyone uh, getting ready to plan a, a destination wedding? Um, pro a couple things, actually. One is there's no, there's no time too short. I have done a wedding in less than 30 days. <laughs> it is stressful, um, and you have to be available to make decisions, but it can be done. But it's also not too far. We're already seeing some resorts have 20, 22 dates that are sold out. So generally, um, we find 12 to, 12 to 14 months seems to be the average of what people are planning. But even if you're down to nine months, there's still plenty of time. Um, one of the things that I find from bridal shows is that when people come to a bridal show, especially in the spring, they're just newly engaged. They really don't know what's going on yet. And I always just tell them, take my card, call me later. When they sit down and look at the dollar amount for having domestic weddings is, is a lot of times when they change their mind and decide that they want to go ahead and do a destination wedding somewhere. In doing that, they generally save money but they're also afraid they are too short of time to plan something like that. And with, if you're trying to do it yourself, yeah, you would not have enough time to do that. But with working with professional, both on the travel and the planning side, it's easily doable. And, and, you know, like I said, we try to take the stress out of it by having those connections and being able to tell you who we've worked with in the past and what they have to offer so that you're not having to spend your time hunting. Right. Yeah. Great points. Well, Jenny, I, uh, I really appreciate your uh, time today and your visit with us uh, um, and uh, the fun work that you get to do. I know that it could be stressful and everything, but uh, uh, making people happy on one of their uh, most uh, special days of their lives, I think, is, uh, can be quite rewarding. And uh, so we really appreciate your uh, insight today and uh, look forward to uh, when things travel really gets back into full swing. Mm -hmm. Thank you for having me today. All right. Well, take care. Thank you.